Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app right now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. Hey everybody, what is going on? How you doing? Welcome to another episode, Casual Friday, Talking Buffalo Podcast, part of the Blue Wire Network. I am your host, Patrick Moran. You can find me on Twitter, at Pat Moran Tweets. Thank you very, very much as always for, for locking in and listening today. Uh, three episodes in four days, about to jump into Casual Friday, my man Joe Yerden. In just a minute, Joe was under the weather last week, so he couldn't do the pod. And I realized something. It was the first time, I believe, anyway, it's the first time since Joe Yerden started doing this pod with me every Friday. And that dates back all the way May 14th. I looked it up. Now, Joe had been on the podcast several times before, but he started joining me for Casual Friday, our weekly show all the way back in mid-May. And last week was the first time that we didn't get to hook up for a casual Friday. But anyway, all's well. Thankfully, Joe's feeling much, much better. And he's joining me today. We'll talk some UPLs, some Buffalo Sabres, a very promising stretch of play for this young Sabres netminder, which by the way, I should probably add this. So we're taping this conversation on Wednesday afternoon. The Sabres play Thursday night. You're hopefully listening to this Friday. So who knows what happens between our taping Wednesday afternoon. And then, and I say that because this last time we spent a lot of time during a podcast a couple weeks ago uh, discussing goalies. We had talked about getting a new goalie, looking for one. UPL spending the entire season in Rochester, literally minutes after we were done. Uh, the Sabres went out, they traded for Malcolm Supan, and then they called up UPL. And I'm talking, like I said, uh, maybe an hour after we had wrapped the taping. So <laughs> that whole segment had went to shit. But anyway, we're taping this show a day earlier than normal because when this drops Friday, and hopefully you are listening to this on Friday, I'm going to be chilling in Florida for a few days. Uh, I'm going to be going back down to, to where I lived the previous five years before coming back here to Buffalo. Got a little business to take care of. Catch up with some friends, get a little R&R, quite frankly, use it. So I'm very much looking forward to that. But anyway, like I said, Joe and I are talking UPL. We're talking Buffalo Sabres. We'll talk some Brandon Bean. We'll talk about some key moves that were made that, quite frankly, they just don't seem to be panning out right now. Uh, We'll talk about a new hockey podcast that Joe has started, along with Lance Lasowski of the Buffalo News. We'll do our weekly starting five draft. This week, very excited about this one, Christmas movies. And I'm telling you right now, (laughs) if you follow me on Twitter, you already know this, but I have been binging the living hell out of first time Christmas movies this month. Movies that have been out there for a while, some new, some very old, but I had never seen them. As we tape this right now, as I'm talking, I've seen 25 
Again, first time I've ever watched these movies as of this taping. So I've never, ever been more prepared for starting five draft. You're in big trouble, Joe. But anyway, you know what? On that note, I've rambled more than enough here. Let's just jump right in. Here it is. Casual Friday with my good friend, Joe Yerdon. I, uh, I missed you last week, buddy. I missed you too, man. It was, uh, it was just one of those weeks. You know, um, sometimes you need a mental health break, and sometimes your mental health breaks. Yeah. And it was a little bit of both for me. So that was, um, it was nice of you to be able to say, hey, man, just, just take some time, not be a, not be an overbearing boss or anything like that. Not that you're my boss or anything, but you know, you know what I'm saying. I do know what you're saying. It, it's funny because I talked about this a little bit in the intro. I realized now you have been on the show multiple times, several times leading up to when you and I started doing this casual Friday thing. I looked it up. May 14th is the first time I had you on for a casual Friday. Wow. And pretty much you've been a fixture. To my knowledge, this might be the first time we didn't do one. Maybe there might have been one other one, maybe, where I just didn't have a podcast. I think when I was getting ready to move, I might have taken a whole week off from having a podcast. But aside yeah. from that, like I said, it's been a Friday weekly thing. You know, and it's funny because I had a couple, I had a couple opportunities to get a sub or two, you know, to, to possibly fill in last week to still drop a casual Friday. But I said, you know what, man, fuck that. It just felt dirty. <laughs> I didn't like it. I said, you know what? I could use a, a little bit of a break myself, but anyway, I, I'm glad mm -hmm. you're feeling good. Glad you're back. Um, I always introduce you as, as Joe, you're friend first and foremost, but also I say sports media personality and you kind of, <laughs> you expand on that a little bit. Cause now you, you have noted hockey, your sub stack. And we talk about that a little bit here on the show, but also, and add podcasts or not just because you join me on Friday for casual Fridays, but now you're, you have your own podcast. You mm -hmm. and Lance Lazowski, who covers the Sabres, of course, for the Buffalo news, really talented guy. Uh, you guys have teamed up and you've started your own podcast. You dropped that first episode on Monday. Doesn't have a name, which I think is kind of funny. We'll talk <laughs> about that in a second. But anyway, for people listening who might not have heard it yet this week, tell people a little bit about what you and Lance are doing and, uh, you know, just a little bit about that show, which again is unnamed as of this moment anyway. Right. Uh, yeah, we felt it was time for some people that are in the media to do a podcast. Like, uh, you know, I know Duffer and, and Marty are doing one, but, and they do a great job with it, but also like, you know, they work for the team. So, you know, sure. it's, uh, you know, you might, you may get it a little bit skewed view on that. So with, with Lance and I, we were just kind of like, there's a big open space there. Uh, that's been empty since basically since Tom Martin took off to Kansas City when Tom Tom and I were doing the oddcast. So that was something where, you know, I was looking at it as a as not well, I guess I guess kind of a need, but like just an open opportunity to be able to crack in through it. And, you know, Lance has been wanting to do one for for a little bit since he's he's been at the the news now for what, three, four years now. And he's wanted to do one and I've been Hammond and Hawn at doing one, which you know, I've I've talked about it with you a whole bunch. Sure, you know, not on the air, but uh, I, I figured this is the time. This is the guy to do it with. Lance and I get along great, and you know he's uh, you know considering where I am now, I'm kind of on the outside, kind of the guy poking poking the bear constantly a little bit and trying to do that. And Lance is on the inside, so he's it, it's kind of like having two super 
super connected people, but you know, one guy's still very heavily in the mix and the other one's, you know, kind of looking for a job still, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, we figured this was a great opportunity for us to do something and, and to, and to be able to carve through into the, into the market, I guess, I guess, because there's a thousand Sabres podcasts and a lot of them are very good. I mean, there's a few of them that I've been on where, you know, I, I, kind of feel bad that I'm competing with them, but also just kind of like, we're all doing different stuff. So who cares? Right. Um, so from, you know, from that respect, I figured it was a good thing for us to do. And, uh, it basically took me having to go back and retrain myself on how to edit audio and, and record stuff and hope that my computer could hold up doing it. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, you know, pretty happy with the first episode with, with, with what we did. Our, our plan was to shoot for 30 or 40 minutes. And I think we went for almost an hour so. Uh, that was it's so good. easy. I mean, it's so easy to go longer oh. than you anticipate. You and I do it all the time. How many times mm-hmm. have I told you, I said, Hey, I want to have this lesson an hour. And then we're an hour and 20 minutes in just because the conversation <laughs> right. just flows. It, it feels like a really good fit. And I'm, I'm not just saying that I genuinely mean it. I, I think you mm-hmm. and Lance together are a really good fit. Now you guys are obviously going to talk Sabres. It will be a little bit more about Sabres, like just some general hockey stuff as well. Yeah, I, I think there's room for for some general hockey stuff because I mean, let's face it, the Sabers are probably not going to get much better as the season goes on. I mean, I, I can't imagine them getting to a point where it's, you know, where we have to really dig in and start, you know, coming up with playoff permutations. But, uh, but I mean, they're they're always interesting. There's there's never a lack of them being interesting, whether it's for good or bad reasons. But, um, but yeah, there's there's certainly room to to discuss that, and obviously with the the way a lot of their prospects are playing now, there's going to be room to talk about that. Um, so there's there's a lot of space to do things with it. So that's I think that's the best part. And honestly, we're doing it weekly. We're we're planning to shoot for every Monday for a new episode because you know Sunday is usually the soft day in the NHL schedule, and you know me you know just kind of scheduling around you know avoiding recording when there's a bills game on just because you know i'm usually hanging out with friends when it's going on sure. and then you know lance is not a big football guy in the first place so you know bless him for that because geez i, I it's it, it'd be it'd be hard to not get wrapped up in it uh, around here but um but yeah it's uh but yeah that's that's the plan right now a week every week uh every monday we're gonna we're gonna put one out and uh we'll see how it goes from there like the first episode already we've had uh, pretty good turnout of people listening. So, I mean, I mean, compared to the oddcast days where I think we were talking about double digit listeners or our first few episodes and then it slowly grew. So I think we're, we're at a good jump off point, especially because we had zero, we teased zero bit of it. You know, we didn't, yeah. we weren't, we didn't really bring it on and we just kind of threw it. I knew you were, like, Here I, you go. Yeah. I knew you were going to be doing something at some point with Lance, but even I didn't, yeah. I was like, Whoa, shit, man, that podcast it dropped, <laughs> which is pretty cool. You know, you know, what's funny too is, uh, I, I said it jokingly, but for real Joe and Lance, you, so as of this tape, at least anyway, you still haven't officially settled on a name, correct? I just no, want to make sure correct. I'm right. All right. So you don't have a name yet. It's kind of funny because I feel like you're in the same boat as me. I like to think that, uh, you know, I, I have good guests and I like to, I feel like I come up with some interesting topics and you and I, in our case with casual Friday, which is not easy to do every single week. We have a starting five draft. So it's hard to come up with topics to do all the time. But I feel like I'm pretty mm-hmm. good at that. Here's where I struggle with is, and even when I used to write too, I used to creating headlines and things like that. I was always terrible at that. And even with this podcast, we've talked about this on the air. I have been looking forever for a nice catchphrase or a way to bring in the episode each week. 
And I always end up saying, hey, what's going on? How you doing? What's up? And I, and I absolutely hate it, but I can't come up with anything else. And I ask people, I'm like, give me something, but I haven't gotten anything from people. Now, with the case with you guys, and I think, you, I think you've turned to Twitter a little bit and said, hey, we're, we're open for suggestions. Yeah. You know, yeah, we are. <laughs> I think you should have something. I, I mean, I don't know. Again, I'm not a, a creative person when it comes to that. I think you should almost have something that kind of makes fun of not having a name for the podcast. <laughs> you know I mean? Well, right now the, uh, the 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 title that I've got on our on our our uh, podcast page is Sabres Podcast to be determined, which <laughs> I mean is is funny on its own, but I, I would like to avoid having that be the actual name of it. But um, we we've kind of got some things that we're we're trying to not trying to avoid a little bit like sure. we don't want to use sabers in the name of it just because we we don't want to get cease and desist from yeah. the team i know exactly you know, what you're saying i know some people we don't need stuff. that kind of trouble yeah. so that's that's fine um and some of the i had a i came up with a really good idea today that i sent to lance i was like i think this is the one and then i looked it up and it's the name of a washington football team podcast that they've already got a twitter handle an instagram handle and oh. a facebook page on lockdown and i was like damn it come on <laughs> like just why like your team doesn't have that offensive name anymore please get rid of that name of your podcast so i should um, i sh- i should um also add to i i like lance a lot too i, I obviously you know everyone knows how i feel about you i literally don't anymore want to have a show last week when you couldn't do it with me on casual friday but lance is a good guy too and he's uh it's funny because he's doing a really good job covering the sabers and if you listen to this podcast, you would know this because I've had Lance on a handful of times. In fact, we had Wings at uh, Beltline Brewery. Or I, that was during the summer. That was a fun episode I had with him. But anyway, mm-hmm. not everyone knows us. Dude, Lance wasn't even covering hockey a couple of years ago. Lance was a yeah. baseball guy. Lance covered mm-hmm. the, the Pittsburgh Pirates. So he knows what yeah. it's like to kind of cover crappy teams. But anyway. <laughs> he, it's, he knows the absolute pits. Are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> good Lord. The worst baseball team and the worst hockey team he's got to cover? Good God. Now you're doing a lot of the, uh, like I said, a lot of the behind the scenes stuff. That, you know, people only hear like with this episode, they they hear us talking. But there's mm-hmm. obviously a lot of work that goes into it too with the recording. In some cases, the editing, you know, just refining things, getting it out there. Do you enjoy doing that or is that kind of like a, honestly a pain in the ass? Cause it's both for me sometimes. It's um, I mean, it's stuff I used to do. I mean, ages ago, you know, cause I, I did radio before I got back into writing and um, yeah, but did you like it? A, eh, I mean, yeah, I, I love radio. Absolutely loved it. It's just <laughs> as bad as, as bad as the writing media industry is to, to get in and stay in radio is 10 times worse. Sure. It's, it, radio just, chews you up and spits you out without even giving a crap you know it's that's that's a whole other thing but um but i enjoyed always kind of throwing together we we did like an amateur podcast with just taking segments from our morning show and putting them online where it's not really a podcast it's just like "Mm, here's our segment like go listen to it um and there wasn't a lot of like audio engineering with that or anything to that level this time around i i decided Let's figure out, let's get our mix right. Let's let's do things appropriately. Let's not make it sound like it's a, put together by a, a full-on amateur. You know, so like fading in music, fading out music. I got a, I'm teasing around with the idea of, uh, of doing like a recorded intro or something like that just to, you know, just to give it something like that so that, you know, when Lance and I start recording, we can just jump right into it and not have to worry about like, hey, everybody, blah, 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 you know, doing sure. junk like that. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a little, I mean, <laughs> I, I underestimated, 
how long it was going to take me to put it together. He's like, yeah, no big deal. I got this. It's fine. And then absolutely. You know, the, uh, That's what I'm saying. Sound, I, that's a feeling yeah. I know all too well, man. Yeah. But like we, um, like the way we had to record it, we had to re- we recorded it over Skype and like the audio program I used didn't have it wasn't set to just take that in right away. So I had to like download something else for that. And I was like, okay. And I do that. And then I had to like, you know, play with the fade ins, fade outs of the, the intro outro music. And I was like, okay, got that. And like clipping things together within the podcast, just to like cut out, cut out things here and there, cutting off the, you know, the, the, the burnt ends of it and just sliding it together to make sure the timing sounded good and everything just, it's enough, but like, I, it's, it's not hard. It's just, it's just time consuming sometimes. Yeah, it is. It gets a little less time consuming as you, as you do it more often, only because I've gotten to a point like with this, with this podcast, some of the things I just could do with my eyes closed out. Cause it's just repetition. You know what I mean? You do it mm-hmm. so often, but I've always loved recording. Like this is always my favorite part of, of doing a podcast is actually whoever I'm talking with, just having a conversation but a lot of the other stuff can be a pain in the ass. Like I said, the editing, the writing, the show notes, getting it all out there. But at the end of the day, and I, I tell people this all the time who ask about, you know, doing a podcast who might be interested in doing one for me. It's like, and I'm not comparing this podcast to anything specifically. I'm just saying for me personally, doing a podcast when it's done, when the product is done and it's out and people get an opportunity to listen, like to this conversation, people hopefully will be listening to this Friday morning, Friday afternoon, whenever. For me, Doing a podcast when I have an episode out is kind of like somebody who's into art, who who draws a, a a nice picture or has a nice painting, or a musician who comes up with a, a couple of nice guitar riffs or writes some lyrics to a song. It's like you know what I mean. You're creating something, and that is yeah. always the cool part. And that's just part of the process, you know, having to do some of the dirty work and things like that to get it uh to get it done. I think it's gonna do well though, man. I'm I'm really looking forward to to listening to you guys every week. Yeah. Obviously, like I said, it's a I think it's a really good fit. I think there are a handful of pretty good hockey podcasts in the market, but it's certainly not saturated like the Buffalo Bills are. You know, there's no. there's a million no. decent to good <laughs> Buffalo Bills podcasts out there. I think there's definitely room for uh, for a good quality Buffalo Sabres one. And like you said, they're good podcasts, but the difference with you and Lance compared to some of the other ones is that I think you guys bring a professional perspective that I mm-hmm. think matters, you know. Lance is covering the team day to day. You've been on that beat. I'm sure you will again at some point as well. And so you guys have a, a perspective that somebody like me as a fan really, you know, you just, you, we, we have our thoughts, but you just, you can't bring that perspective if you're not there. If you're not in that locker room, if you're not talking to players, if you're not piped into sources and things like that, there's only so much you could do, you know? Yeah. And that's, I, I think that's, that was the, uh, that was the, the, the part of this that was really appealing for both of us is that there was, there was that kind of, there was that kind of emptiness in the, you know, in the, in the market for that. And, you know, and I'm certainly, you know, I'm certainly never, I'm never going to take anything from what Marty and Duffer are doing because they're they're Cause I love both of them and they're, they do great and they're fun to listen to. And they've got of anybody around that has a podcast, they have like maybe the best chemistry <laughs> of anybody. And it comes from working together and, sure. you know, I, I, you know, and obviously, uh, you know, Craig Rave and Andrew Peters have got, you know, they, they took their, you know, since they got let go by, by the, by the Sabres or GR or whoever it was, they, they've got their own thing together. So they're kind of doing their same show, you know, just as a podcast, which hey, good for them. Like that's, you know, that's, that's great. That's great to see because there is a market for those guys. I know some people didn't really care for the show, which I mean, you know, Hey, whatever I get it. Right. It's fine. But like, 
they're, they, you know, they, they're able to get Darren Dringer and, and Friedman and those guys to, to come talk to him. I think it would t- it might take a lot for us to be able to, for Lance and I to be able to pull those strings to get somebody like that to talk with us. But I mean, we'll get to that down the road. I mean, sure. it would be nice to be able to get some guests in there and to, you know, maybe get somebody uh, to, to join in with it and talk and, and, and do whatever that, that would be fun. But like, baby steps right now like we, yeah, we yeah, still yeah, yeah. we still need to get a title we got to get artwork we got to do yeah, all that stuff that we need to get we'll, to get on spotify and apple worry, so, yeah. yeah worry about a title before you worry about getting you know Gilbert Perot to come on your <laughs> on your podcast <laughs> yeah. one last point on that then i want to move on i got a lot of stuff i want to talk about today but i'll say this too yes having two professional guys matters but so does personality matters as well mm-hmm. just because you're a professional and covers a team for a living doesn't mean people are going to want to listen to your podcast i'm not going to name names right. because then it feels like I'm calling people out and I'm most certainly not calling anybody out, but there's people mm-hmm. out there who do cover, not even just Buffalo. I'm just out on the market too, who might cover teams for a living, but, and you might have that inside access, but that don't mean people want to hear you because some people mm-hmm. are quite frankly assholes. You know what I mean? And people <laughs> yeah. don't give a shit, but you guys, I think you guys will do well in part, like I said, because of your knowledge, because of your connections and the way you guys are piped in, but also because I think you guys have good personalities. And I think that fans in Buffalo like you guys. So I, I, I think you're going to do well. I'm glad you're back. I'm glad you're feeling better. Uh, mm-hmm. One last thing. So like I said, we always talk starting five draft. I'm going to warn you now ahead of time. So, cause we haven't talked in a week and a half. <laughs> I, I'm not saying I'm going to win this week starting five cause we're doing Christmas movies, but I'm going to tell you right now, I've never in my life been more prepared for anything <laughs> than I am with this. Your ass is going to go on about a half hour. Or so you're probably going to jump on the internet and say, okay, I like this movie and I'm going to pick five. And that's how you're going to draft. I'm telling you right now, dude, I've been binging these movies nonstop for mm-hmm. like two weeks now. I've watched 25 first time Christmas movies that I've never seen in my life. Just this month alone, just this month alone. Now that's been, that's, that's my, been my social life. <laughs> well, I mean, last listen, of- that's fine. It's fine. I, um, I think, uh, <laughs> I'm hoping you psyched yourself out by watching so many oh, different I ones it. that I you're going to have your, that you're going to be thinking like some, some rando one from like the last couple of years. You're going to be like, Oh, but this is the best one. This is the actual <laughs> best one. I'll be like, dude, you're, you and five other people have been the only people to watch. That oh one. yeah. That's so you, may be, you may be right, but you're definitely wrong. I have no- <laughs> So I'm rooting for that to happen. I'm hoping <laughs> you're going to like, just get so caught up in watching, you know, some like Tim Allen Christmas movie or something. Oh yeah. Or, it's, you know, it's like happen. a Kelsey Grammer Christmas movie and just be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this one's the best. I think I'm going to keep going though. I'm going to watch them all month. I'm going to watch as many as I can. And I've made up for a lifetime of not watching Christmas movies. I'm going to try to do it all in one month. It's going to lead me right into the end of the month when uh New Year's Eve Cobra Kai season four comes out on Netflix. And then I disappear nice. for like 10 or 11 hours. And I, <laughs> and I watch that whole uh, stupid season. Let, let's turn the page though, because there are a couple I don't want to see. Well, they are semi-serious things anyway. Sports bills. Let's start bills. All right. Josh Allen. I, look, I've had three shows in four days. There's not much more that can be said about Josh Allen mm-hmm. last week. He was a warrior. I thought he played great. I've said it multiple times on the show this week. It wasn't his best performance of his career, but it was my favorite. I, I just thought he was a warrior. And if it wasn't for him, they would lose that game by 30. He almost willed that team to victory. Put that, put that team on his back by himself. That, that's obvious. That's already out there. But he does have a bad foot now. Now, mm-hmm. by the way, I don't know if you saw Twitter on Tuesday, but everyone wants to be an insider now. Josh Allen went to see Hamilton. That's playing at Chase. And two things came about. He's obviously, he's not, we all know he's vaccinated now because mm-hmm. 
that was a, a mandatory vaccination entrance to go to see that. And also, he didn't have a boot on, and he didn't have any noticeable limp. So again, there's a bunch of <laughs> medical reporters and insiders out there <laughs> taking little screenshot pictures and putting them on Twitter. By the way, I, that photo... I love because I was like, is that James Franco? Like, who is that? He was like, no, it's Josh Allen, you idiot. Like, okay, I guess. Like, I don't know. Shoot it from further away. Maybe get get a picture from the moon, I yeah. guess. But yeah. He's got the, well, even if you got that type, you know, one thing about Josh, he's got those movie star looks too, man. He's a good looking dude. But anyway, all right. So earlier in the week, I suggested, and I took kind of a beating on Twitter for this. I suggested that Josh Allen didn't play this week against Carolina. And my thought process, and I want to get your take on this, is this. The Bills, I don't know that they necessarily need to win out. They certainly need to win at least three or four. And I, I think they need to win out to, mm -hmm. to be locked into the playoffs. And I've said this a couple of times now. I still think the Bills are very, I, it doesn't feel like it right now. But I think the Bills are very much in the AFC East race right now because they're playing three really bad teams at home and they play at New England. If they could beat the Patriots on the road and if they could beat three chump-ass teams at home, they win out, New England loses to Buffalo, and if the Patriots lose, they play at Indy this week, Joe. And they also play at Miami in the last week. And Miami's been as hot as any team in the AFC right now, except for maybe New England. And they lose one of those two games, and, and the Bills beat them. The Bills win the tiebreaker because the New England would have two divisional losses. The Bills would only have one. So anyway, I mean, that's, you know, really speculative. Get really ahead of yourself. I'm getting very, <laughs> exactly. I'm talking about a team that lost to Jacksonville. I get it, trust me, because every time I say that, <laughs> but anyway, I suggested because they're playing Carolina at home, if Josh Allen's only 75%, I think you rest them this week. I really do. I think you, you don't take a chance. You don't want them to get hurt any further. I think you can win with Mitch Trubisky. You're playing the Carolina Panthers who stink at home. What do you think? Like, would you be okay? Now, if Josh Allen's 100%, if Josh Allen's 90%, this isn't a a discussion worth having he's going to play mm -hmm. let's just say he's 70 percent. like he can walk he can move a little bit but he can't really be mobile and he's at higher risk for for re-injuring it aggravating it and getting it worse so that maybe he can't play the following week at new england if you were Shaw mcdermott right now what would be your thought process going into this week when it comes to josh allen who by the way for the record officially is considered day-to-day He's, uh, we're taping this Wednesday. He had a, they did a walkthrough only and, uh, he mm -hmm. was, they considered him, they called him limited at practice. What would be your thought process with Josh Allen right now? Um, I would be thinking back to when, um, Patrick Mahomes had turf toe last year and seemed to get through it just fine. That's, that's immediately where my, where my mind goes to it. Cause I believe that's what the injury is. That's well, what everybody's seems to be saying yes and no is, that's what insiders are saying i know sean mcdermott needs to be lying but they're saying it's a foot sprain like the buffalo's calling it a foot sprain ian rap report said it's it's a mild case of turf toe either way yeah so, so i mean i i don't know i i i think it's gonna nag at him i think it's gonna be annoying but i don't sure. i i can't see it being something that you're just kind of like no oh, let's take it easy this week because because you know what you do if you sit Allen, when he's 75%, you put Trubisky in there. You that's people in Buffalo get all sorts of bent out of shape about like bulletin board material. Imagine looking down on your opponent and saying, like, no, we can start our backup. We're at seven and six. 
we can start our backup against these guys though, because they stink. I mean, I don't know if I need to pump up a team like that. I don't know. I don't, I don't think I need to do something like that unnecessarily. And I know that's like, that's like saying like, you know, you know, look out for the Easter bunny, you know, do something wrong. The Easter bunny's not going to come and visit like, okay, I, I, I guess, but, um, but like, I, you're not, the bills aren't in a position to do that. If they're 10 and one and they've, you know, they've got the conference on lockdown, they've got the division already won. Right. Yeah, fine. Just have a seat, but they're not. And they've lost a bunch of games that were winnable. You know, most of them were winnable. Um, and you don't, you don't have the room to do that. I mean, I, I was kind of, I was kind of laughing a little bit because you were saying you were talking about like they got a real shot to win the division. I was like, well, they're in a two-game hole now, you know. And I, I get it. The Patriots' schedules is it's tricky. Like it's a tricky schedule, but I mean, it's hard. It's I don't know, man. Like, like that indie game. The indie game's got to be tough, right? Add like indie. Yeah, it's add indie. That's tough. Um, but Jackson, like week eighteen at Miami. That's week, tough. Yeah, week eighteen at Miami. Like, I don't know. Is it tough? Miami. Miami's won all those games, but like the only one that's even mildly impressive is the Baltimore game. But Baltimore play like dog crap. Right. Baltimore's weird. Baltimore. Let's let's. Baltimore leads their division, but like, is there a weaker division leading team than Baltimore right now? Like, I don't know because they got a bunch of dudes hurt now and whatever. So like, I don't. I don't know. I'm. I assume my working assumption, if I'm Sean McDermott, is that the Patriots are going to win out. You know, they're going to win the other games. Like they, like they're not going to beat us. They're not going to beat us the Bills, but like they're going to win those other games. And like that's, that's just how it's going to be. And from that point of view, which makes it even more important, from that point of view, you don't sit Allen because you got you have you. If I'm the Bills, I got to win out. I, I think I think no matter what, they got to win out because. They're right now. Right now, they're in a schmozzle with what? Uh, a bunch of teams. Yeah. Like one, two, three, four. Like four other teams are seven and six, and you got uh, one. You got two teams that are six and seven. Like, I know it sounds like they're forever away, but they're really not. <laughs> you know, those teams are like a win away from being, you know, a win away and a Bills loss away from being exactly in the same position. So, I I agree. I I agree with what you're saying in terms of the Bills have to to win out. I I agree with that. I guess the question comes down to, are you confident that the Bills could beat the Carolina Panthers with Mitch Trubisky as a starter and Josh Allen? Not resting. I, 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 like you said, if the Bills are 10-1, and one, this is a no-brainer. If the Bills are 10-1 and one and Josh Allen's got a sore foot, that dude ain't playing this week. I don't care if he's 80%. You're like, nah, we want you to be 100%. And I'm not saying he needs to be 100%. By the way, that Patriots-Colts game is on Saturday night. So when the Bills wake up Sunday morning, they're gonna they potentially can know that we control our own destiny. Because again, if Indy wins at home against New England mm-hmm. on Saturday, the Bills by winning out will win that division. They will win the AFC East. Now I don't know if that matters. You know, I don't think it does matter if Josh Allen plays like based on what New England and Indy what happened Saturday night. I guess it comes down to do you feel confident? that you could give Josh Allen an extra week of rest to get closer to 100% playing the Patriots, but you have to be very confident that you can win with Mitch Trubisky. I kind of feel like this is why you signed the dude. You know, something like this could happen. I I, no. I think... I, I, no, I no, you absolutely... I, you agree I with the majority. For, for the record, you agree yes. with the majority because I, yes. I kind of took a beating on this. 
Because I got a yeah, lot of the same I, shit. I, You're crazy. I, you got to win out. And no, the, the, like just the flat out, the Bills are not in a position to do that. Because okay, you start Trubisky, you got okay. You're like, well, we got Allen on the bench, we're fine. Like, you know, we we can bring him in whenever. But like, you don't, you obviously don't want to. And you know, you're and if you're in a position where you you have to bring him in, especially if it's because Trubisky plays poorly, then he's going to come in and he has to play hero ball right away. Like, I don't know, man. Like, that's that's a bad setup. That's a that's a bad setup, and that's a, that's not the way. That's not the way McDermott operates. Look, he's been the most cautious dude all season. I get it, but like, he ain't sitting Trubisky. Like, if he does that, fire him on the spot. Like, he's not starting Trubisky. Like, fire him on the spot. Like, because that, that's even, that would be even dumber than him sitting Tyrod and playing Peterman, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. I think it's a move point. I, I think Josh Allen's going to play. I think he's going oh, yeah. to be healthy enough to play. What, but what, where would you put it at? What percentage would you put it at where you say, you know what? I just can't take a chance because we do have to win out. And Josh, if he takes even one hit, he could be done for the season. You know, he could be done for three weeks, which being done for three weeks is the same as being done for the season. Actually, you know what? I'll take that back because again, the Bills are playing the Panthers. The Bills are playing the Falcons and the Jets at home. They should be able to win with Webb Davis quarterbacking against these teams. So I don't know, man. To me, if Josh Allen is anything less, not to be a mathematician here, but if he's, I'd say if he's anything less than 80 to 85%, I don't think he should play Sunday. I'm going to die right. on that hill. And I am Listen, dying on that hill because I'm getting well, killed for it. I, I, very clearly you're dying on that hill and it's going to be your hamburger hill, pal, because that's, cause you're <laughs> going down, but um, they're not in a position to do that stuff. I, 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 don't, I know those teams are e- like, they're supposed to be easy teams, but again, this team lost to Jacksonville. Like, I get it was on the road, like fine, but. Still, they did. They should. They, they were a fourteen-point favorite. You know, fourteen, seventeen-point favorite, whatever it was. Like that's you can't you can't afford to do anything stupid, and that would be really stupid. Now, unless you know, if they got to if they got to cram Allen's foot full of you know like Novocaine to have him play, and then you know who knows what other you know crazy crazy painkillers that have the players have access to that normal people don't like, if he needs all that stuff to play, then I all right. Think about it. But I don't see, I don't see any reason. Like and people got to point at the, the, you know, the long run that he had towards the end of the Tampa Bay game, where it's just like, well, see, he, you know, he, his foot's fine. It's like, well, no, that's adrenaline. <laughs> that's adrenaline. And like, that's what you do when you're in that spot. Like, yeah, his foot's hurting, but like you get the opportunities there, you got to go. So I don't think, I don't think there's any way you even like tease the idea unless you're up by 40 in the third quarter. That's the only way Allen sits out. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. One more quick point about Josh, assuming he's going to play, and I, I do think he's going to play. So again, I think this was just water cooler talk, but at the end of the day, a moot point. It's going to be stressful. Like if the Bills, even if the Bills, let's just say they're up 24 to three, and it's not like the game's not really in doubt. As long as he's in that game, every time, and the Bills are wearing that red for, for uh, rush color, which I hate that, but whatever. I yeah, know a lot of fans like that. But anyway, my point is this. That means Carolina's going to be wearing the white with the teal and the little black. Uh, on their arms. Anytime anyone gets near Josh Allen, it's it's going to be cringy. It's going to be stressful. Don't want to see him take any hits. I don't know. Well, again. how about every time he takes off to run? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's that's he, how he hurts his foot in the first place. He ain't running. He, they're crazy. They're crazy that they allow this guy. Are you going to gonna stop him from running? No, you're not going to. I know. He, he's, he's but like, crazy, are you calling those crazy like quarterback sweeps? Yo, I like that about him though. He's a crazy son of a bitch. But that could be his. That could be his downfall in the end. We'll see what happens. But again, I'm. I'm quite confident, but I'm also wary because, again, a couple of weeks ago, we had this long conversation about Sabres goaltending. We get off mm-hmm. the air, and then bam, bam, moves are made. You know, like we're yeah. talking all this now, and then we come to Friday, out Friday morning when people listen to this, Josh Allen, John McDermott has ruled him out for this week. So who knows? Right. As we tape this on Wednesday, we're both confident he's going to play. The difference between you and I, though, is I don't think he should. So we'll just... We'll leave it at that. I want to, I think they could beat Carolina with Mitch Trubisky, get Josh closer to 100% going into a do or die game with New England. That's my take. I know. I'm going to live with that. Brandon Bean, I want to talk about this real quick. Then I want to move on to Sabres in our draft. We talk, I talked about this with Joe from Queens on the show a, um, a couple of days ago. Sean McDermott's getting a lot of heat, deserved. Ryan Gable gets his fair share of heat, deserved. Leslie Frazier, the, the Bills are not playing good defense in the first half, deserved. Brandon Bean has kind of skated free right now, and I don't like that because if you're going to talk about off-field things, for all the good Brandon Bean's done, and he has done plenty good. I mean, he's had some, especially in free agency, and that the Stefan Diggs trade, he's done a lot of good things, all right? He's helped build, and obviously the biggest thing is that he found a way to get Josh Allen. That said, the biggest problem with the Bills last year, and they got big problems this year too, but it was the pass rush. They couldn't beat Kansas City. They couldn't pressure Patrick Mahomes. And that was priority number one, was making this pass rush better. They failed. To this point, they failed. Hughes mm-hmm. and Addison are both back. They're making over $18 million between the two of them in the cap this year. Addison's got four sacks. Jerry Hughes has one and a half sacks this entire season, 13 games. Now, I know he's got a lot of pressures. He wins his, you know, his win rate. They like to have to keep these advanced stats. I don't care. At some point, make plays. All right? Two first-round picks on defensive ends. Gregory Rizzo. Boogie Basham. Boogie Basham hasn't even played in 18, eight of the 13 games this year. Mm-hmm. Rizzo started out really good. He's got three sacks. He looks like a really good run defender. Still not sure what he'll become as a pass rusher. Plus, I think they should be moving him around. They're not. 
AJ Vanessa, 2020 second round pick. He's been uh, too bad he can't play the Dolphins 17 times. He looks great against Miami. That's it, though. He's got one half sack this year, and he don't even suit up when when the Bills are playing a team that likes to run the ball a lot. AJ mm-hmm. Vanessa is not even active. You know, Effie uh, Abad has been, for the most part, a no factor free agent signing. But anyway, these Epinesa, second rounder, Boogie Basham, a second rounder, Rizzo, a first rounder, which I, I do like Rizzo, but a lot of ha- a lot of high resources are being spent by Brandon being on a unit that I don't think is any better than it was last year. And I think it's good. Yeah. It might not kill him right now because now it's been the run defense. You know, guys are mm-hmm. carving him up in the run game, but they got to get after quarterbacks. And I think that's going to be a problem. Yeah, I, it's it, it's been a problem all year. And, you know, I, I know some of the, uh, you know, the head of your stats people have pointed out that Hughes has been very good rushing in. He's just had, he's had bad luck, whatever. Like results are results. Like that football, football, like advanced numbers are great and all, but like, the results are still the big payoff. And I know that's you know, people just, Oh, it's just raw number. I get it. I get it. I get it. But like getting all the hurries and whatnot, like that's great. But it, if you're not getting to the quarterback and it's still, it's not causing them to, you know, to, to get an advantage out of it, then that's, it's not really helping too much, but you're, you're a hundred percent right though. Like the lack of, of pressure on quarterbacks consistently is a big issue. The run the run game thing is terrible. Like that's, you know, I you know, watching Leonard Fournette, you know, tear off chunks against them in, in you know last week, and then thinking back to people defending the defending the Bills' run defense or the or yeah the Bills' run defense, saying like, well, they only allowed two hundred yards, even though they knew exactly what play was coming every <laughs> every down, yeah. and saying like, I don't, the defense is fine. I'm like, well, yeah, sure, except for you know all the ten plus yard carries that you know the dude had, but um, but I mean I, they're fortunate. They're fortunate it's not a run first league, but if they're running into any any team, and boy, how interesting would this Carolina game be if Christian McCaffrey was playing? I know, yeah. Like, how, you know, how different are you thinking about that game if McCaffrey's in? Like, that's that's what I would be immediately worried about. But, um, but this is, you're right. The the D line was, you know, the 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 pass pressure and being able to get to the quarterback and causing problems is, was supposed to be the big thing to do because that's how you get Mahomes off his game. And it just ain't there. Like it's not there. And like, you're not blitzing any of your linebackers because you need them in coverage. Cause I mean, that, I mean, that's the way the league is now. Like you're not, you're just not sending those guys in. You're going to send a nickel back through or something like that. But right now it's, it's a big issue. And you know, I have seen Jay, Jay Skursky point this out when the, uh, when the inactives are announced before each game. And I think, I think it was the Tampa game where he goes, he goes, wow, two second round picks and a third round pick sitting out. Like that's not terrible. Great. It's terrible. It's not great. Like <laughs> young guys too, young guys yeah. who are two second or, th- but not that young, like second and third year players. Well, both Basham's mm-hmm. a rookie, but Epinesa, well, he did play, but um, Cody Ford, a third-year guy. Yeah. Zach Moss, second-year guy. It's bad. Here's what it is with Brandon Bean. He, I think he's crushed it when it comes to the skill position players. Not even so much Brandon Bean, just the front office in general over the last mm-hmm. three or four years. Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs, um, Gabe Davis. Uh, Dawson Knox is starting to look like a really good tight end. You got Poyer and Hyde, mm-hmm. the safeties. You know, they drafted, well, Sean McDermott drafted uh, Trey White in the first round. But anyway, my point is, Milano in the fifth round, they've had a lot of good skill position players, but they've really failed miserably when it comes to the, the trenches. The offensive mm-hmm. line looks really bad. Brandon Bean decided that continuity was important, so he re-signed 
pretty much that entire line last year. They did draft Spencer Brown, who's sadly, arguably, been the best lineman as a rookie. He wasn't even supposed to be mm-hmm. playing this year. And we just talked about the defensive line. I don't know. I I, I think that Brandon Bean in, the, in this front office has struggled when it comes to identify the right guys for the trenches. Uh, and that's what hurts him. But anyway, yeah. you know, <laughs> I can't get past. I, I'm already thinking about New England. As we're talking, I'm thinking about New England. And maybe I'm doing Carolina a disservice. That's because I think Cam Newton is trash throwing the football. I, I, he just, he doesn't concern me whatsoever. But they do have some mm-hmm. weapons, man. They got guys who can catch the ball. They do play pretty good defense. Mm-hmm. Carolina, of the three home games, they're probably the, the best team that the Bills are going to play. But uh, whatever. They, yeah, I'm, I'm certainly not sweating Atlanta. At, you know, January 2nd, I think it is. Is that game? Like, no, yeah, not, yeah, not worrying about no. them. Like, is Matty Ice, can Matty Ice throw in the ice? Like, I don't know. Can <laughs> What like what like what what can he do with that with that team? I mean, nah, nah, Cordell nah. Patterson is their leading rusher, isn't he? And he's, he's good, man. Converted he'd look, wide receiver. Like, he'd be really. Yeah. I God, I wish he was a Buffalo Bill right now, man. That would be a a really good fit for the Bills. Isaiah McKenzie, like times twenty. Absolutely, basically. man. Absolutely. All right, enough Bill stuff. I want to talk Sabres for a couple of minutes here. UPL four straight as we tape this. By the way, we're taping this. I, I want to reiterate this. So we're taping this around lunchtime Wednesday. Maybe he gets shelled Thursday. Maybe he gets sent to Rochester Friday morning. How the hell do we know? But as we take this, UPL has had four straight good starts. Um, Tuesday night, he got his first win of the season in Winnipeg, 4-2. Talk a little bit about what you've seen from UPL. How promising is this? Because he did have a nice little stretch last year as well. Mm-hmm. Or is this like just, a, do you think this is just a facade for him right now? As he, and also... Has he seen the last of Rochester? Do you think he's up here for good now at this point? What do you think? I'll I'll start with the last one. I don't think he's up here for good. No. Um, I think he's up here while he's hot. Okay. Uh, I think that's I think that's the more important part to stress. And I, he's he's up here while Tokarski's still on COVID list. So um, I think that's really where that boils down. Now, of course, they could send Subban down. You know, should they? You know, should they want to keep UPL up? But then. I'm not sure that that's the move they're looking to do. Cause again, like if you're keeping them up, you got to play them. Right. That's, that's the whole thing. Like you can't be, you can't have them sit park behind Tukarski, you know, two out of, you know, two out of every three games. You can't do that. Um, because that's, that's the whole point. The whole point of having him be in Rochester all year was to give him games, give him minutes and get him get him prepared to eventually have this kind of role. But what I see out of him is a guy who's just consistent. And he's a battler and like, you know, he's, he's big, he's six foot five. Like he's, he's a monster goalie. Um, But he's a kid who's just, he's, he's had, he's had some, some real good highs this year and some really bad lows in Rochester. Now, granted, not like Rochester on Tuesday night in Charlotte, where, where goalie Matt Robson gives up 10 goals before he's yanked in an 11-1 loss. Like that's, that's a whole other thing. But yeah, I mean, Matt Robson probably shouldn't be in the AHL in the first place, but that's a whole other thing. Um, but like, you can't, you know, I can't say you can't keep him up. You can, if he's playing great, like you, you absolutely can. I just wonder if that's part of their plan. <laughs> you know, I think we, I think we talked about this, you know, a couple weeks ago where we're like, you know, part of the plan is like stinking this year is not so bad. Like being, playing better and still losing games is kind of okay. Sure. Um, you know, they're in a spot where. I think if they got, if they tore off a real hot streak, you could entertain the idea of being a possible, you know, sneaking into the playoffs. But I would not 
do that. <laughs> like that's you're that, saying that goes you're against saying everything that, mildly, that they're doing. Yeah. Right. They're, it goes against everything that they're doing. And the worst place you can you can pick constantly is to be that team that just misses the playoffs every year and you're picking 14th, 15th, 16th. Like that's that's the worst. Like that's that's how you don't you can't get any better. Like your your scouting has to be top notch and you've got to be you got to be on your game with that. And right now, I mean, you know, I mean, we'll see. Like the the guys they picked in this past draft look like they could be fun players. That's cool. Like, you know, Jack Quinn seems to be pretty good. So like that's good, but um are you are you going to just say like, yeah, we got this figured out now. We we can totally finish, you know, 15th and 16th and just miss the playoffs every year and be okay. Like that's that's not I mean, that's not what you're looking to do anyways, but I mean, if you're always <laughs> if you're always in the hunt and th- and then <laughs> you know, you're just missing out, then it's just like, okay, like what's going to take us over the top? I I I I still think at this point and there's still so many games to go that they're they're not in the position to start thinking about pushing at the playoffs. If they if they can have a hot January for like the first time in 20 years, <laughs> they can have a hot January. Maybe entertain the idea, but I don't right now I don't I don't think so. I think it's important to get UPL as games, get him his minutes and, you know, not necessarily you don't want to pull the plug on him while he's playing well here. Like that's I don't I don't think that's that's any good. I don't think that helps. But as long as you you have the the communication communication understood that when Tukarski's healthy, you're going back, but like, keep it up, like keep up how you're playing and, and stay on this. Like, obviously they're behind him. Obviously they love him. They, they think he's a dynamite player and they believe in him. They're not sending him down to punish him. It's just like, it's like, Hey man, listen, it's part of the plan. We need to keep you, we need to keep you getting games and, and keep you going like that. Because I mean, Right now, you know, Aaron Dell's never is never going to be the first guy called back. Like, like that—that's the thing. Like, you send UPL back to Rochester; he's he's your number one guy, and Aaron Dell's never coming back. I, I mean, unless he becomes a workout freak and turns into like gets his head around straight, he's never going to be in Buffalo again. And like, and that, I mean, a plague is the only thing that's going to make that happen. Right. So you know, I, I mean, if you have that fresh in mind. You know, as long as you have all that communicated to him and he knows, then I think you you can you can absolutely you can send him back and just be like, hey man, you're playing great, keep it going, keep this momentum going. Do not be do not be put down by this because this is you know we you know they should have they should they should have told him what the plan was all the way through from the beginning. Like they he should know that something like this could come up and that things like this could happen. And you know, obviously they they didn't want to be playing him in, in Buffalo this year. I, I mean that that seemed that seemed pretty clear, and like he didn't really earn it very much in Rochester. And honestly, he got pushed up to Buffalo because they had nobody else. So you know it's you know it, he but he's played great. Two goals a game, like that's <laughs> giving up two goals a game is better than literally every other goalie this season. So yeah, <laughs> I mean, by far, you know. And, as, and hey, listen, the Sabers score goals, so if you're giving up two a game, you can live with it. I'll say this: I feel like this season has went. I'm I'm happy with the way things are going right now. This season, last year. Look, I, I I wanted to bang my head on the table, and I didn't want to watch this hockey team. I hated this Buffalo Sabres last year. You you remember this? How many times I talked mm-hmm. with loath and hatred towards the yeah. Buffalo Sabres organization mm-hmm. last year? I don't feel like that right now. I think they're actually in a pretty good spot. I like the way things are going because you got your your goalie for the future for sure, and and maybe who knows the present the way he's playing right now, but he's getting his work right now. You got a guy like Russell Stalin who's clearly 
He's going through a lot of peaks and valleys right now, highs and lows. Quite very often, high peak right now. Quite often. Very high peak Very right high now. peak. I'm going to ask you about that in a second. But yeah. But I mean, like I said, he's been up and down, but he's learning. You got your young guys getting a lot of minutes right now, prominent roles. Now they're struggling to some extent. I, I think Thompson hasn't scored a goal in eight games. He had two assists Tuesday night, though. Um, mm-hmm. Olsen's went 10 games without scoring a goal. Asplund, 11 games. So on and so forth. And... So the but these young guys these young guys are playing a lot. They're getting valuable experience. They're they're experiencing some winning. But at the same token, and you talked about this, being a team that's almost in the playoffs isn't really beneficial. And they're not. I mean, going into Winnipeg, they had a seven game winless streak. And mm-hmm. as we take this Wednesday, they're twenty eighth in the standings. So they're only like fifth from the bottom right now, fourth or fifth from the bottom. So that's pretty good. I mean, I, I like the position this team's in. They're entertaining. I think they're getting better as individuals will start to maybe win some more games down the road a little bit. But uh, I'm happy with the way this year is going. And Rasmus Sullivan, I did want to ask you before we get to our draft, because we talk about him a lot, as we should. Mm-hmm. I mean, the guy is a very critical player to uh, the success of the Sabres now and in the future. He had two goals on Tuesday night. What a polarizing figure this guy's been, man. What a polarizing <laughs> season. Like I said, really, really highs, really lows. Like, what are your thoughts right now with him? I think it's... Uh... Not coincidental that once they got goaltending, they could feel confident about that his the best of him's come out. Yeah, because his mind is not set on shit. I got to play defense here. Like I gotta, I gotta be ready to play D at all times because I don't. Because we're gonna get clowned back there because we got somebody giving up five goals a game and he's making everybody else look bad. You know, I, 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 I don't think it's, I don't think it's an accident that we're seeing the best of him come out while UPL's been a net and playing very well. Um, you know, seeing him get a couple of goals against Winnipeg's nice. He played a fantastic game against Washington, um, uh, last week, last Friday, last Saturday. Yeah. Last Saturday. Um, uh, I don't know, man, like you're right. It's polarizing. It's, it, it's frustrating for a lot of people to watch, like see him, see the highs and lows because, um, somebody who was at the Ranger game Friday night, which was a debacle. Like that was, you know, the league league screwing the pooch on that one. But, um, they, they were, they came away very less than enthused about Darlene. I think the, I think their exact words were he's cooked and I'm like, I, I don't think he's cooked, but like, wow, he didn't have a great game. So, you know, that, that's what you can come away with when, you know, when he's having an off night, but, um, but you got to see more of it. You got to, it's gotta be consistent. Like that's the whole thing. And I think the way that he's playing now, like the way he was handling the puck and the way he was just, just dealing against Winnipeg really freaking like that's that's who you drafted like that's the, that's the guy you drafted you know number one like that's that's the guy you've been waiting to see all season and that to me is is the biggest is the biggest takeaway from from how he's played is that you're you're seeing the real thing now and you got to hope it stays there if you know upl you know if when upl goes back and you know they're going back to tokarski and they got suban there like if the if his play comes back comes back to the pack again when those, you know, if you're going with Tukarski and Subban, then I got to think he, like you can tell like that'd be, it'd be a very obvious like poker tell that like he does not, like he does not have faith in the goaltending to, to, to save the day. And he's got to play, he's trying to play hero puck all over the ice. And that that's, that's where you get the worst of them. Good take, man. Good take. Right. <laughs> Thank you. I know, it is. It's a good take. I never realized that, uh, you know, it's a good take. The goaltending might be to some extent connected with, Rasmus Dahlin's game right now and just his confidence 
in the goalie to play better. It's a, it is. It's a good take. All right, let's get to, uh, well, first we got to go two weeks ago because we didn't have a show last week. Our Christmas draft, we had a Christmas songs draft two weeks ago, which I thought was going to be close, and I'm sure you forgot about this by now, but <laughs> it wasn't close. You kicked my ass. I mean, what a shocker. <laughs> 70 to 30. You won that poll, Twitter poll, 70 to 30. For everyone out there listening Oof. who doesn't know if you're new to the show, and thank you for listening if you are, but every week Joe and I do a starting five draft. We have a different topic. We draft five of whatever it is that we're drafting. And then I put up a poll on Twitter and fans vote for the winner. So Joe had 70%. I had 30 to recap. And these were Christmas songs. I had 30%. I, I took Oh, hold on those. Well, you can't hear it because you're not talking right now, but right. The, the weekly uh, fire alarm is going <laughs> off at Joe's house. Wouldn't be a casual Friday without it. Um, I drafted Oh Holy Night, Jingle Bell Rock, Rocket Around the Christmas Tree, Christmas in Hollis, and Last Christmas by Wham. <laughs> Joe had 70% of the vote one handily. You took White Christmas, All I Want for Christmas is You, A Holly Jolly Christmas, The Christmas Song, and uh, Most Wonderful Time of the Year. I'll say this much. I can't gripe. I thought it might be a little bit closer, but I can't gripe about the results because your team was without flaw. I mean, there's no hole on your team. There was nothing on your team that you could pick apart. Literally nothing that you could pick apart. Yeah. The you complaint, can't be mad at, at any of those songs. No, absolutely not. I would say this, the complaint, because there's always people who complain. It wasn't any of your picks. It wasn't even so much mine. I mean, I got a little bit of Last Christmas by Wham Aid, a little bit, but not a lot. A little bit. A little bit. But the, the biggest complaint was songs that both of us left off. Like lots of people were saying, you know, I could pick a free agent list of none of the songs pick and it would be better. But that's... That's what's going to happen when you got like a million great Christmas songs. When you got that many in a category, you know, that's to be expected just because right. of the abundance. It's not like uh, when we did like a tw uh, the favorite month of the year draft or, or favorite holidays when there's only a handful that you could pick. You know what I mean? So uh, right. that was to be expected. I said this. We're going to continue for the rest of this month anyway on uh, Christmas themes. And this week we're doing Christmas movies. Now, I looked. And you would think 70 to 30 that you would have had the first pick, but I actually had the first pick last last draft, and I blew it. Yes. Oh, holy night. I thought that was going to play really well. I mean, it, I, again, it didn't get hate from people, but it didn't really resonate either. So I guess that wasn't... I think, that, I think it was the wrong pick for number one. It's the right pick for the draft. It's the wrong pick. I agree. Number one. I agree. That's fair. So I had that pick. So now we'll start our Christmas movies draft. And by the way, these are any... Christmas movies, old, new. It could be seven years old. It could be a movie that came out last month. Um, yeah. All right. So you go first. What do you got? Uh, so I'm I'm really torn because there's a couple there's a couple that I really want to pick here, but I I'm trying to think of how you're going to pick. And I I, <laughs> I know I said that uh, I was telling you before that I hope you psych you're psyching yourself out watching all these Christmas movies and you're gonna pick some real some real uh, modern ones that nobody knows what the hell they are. So I don't I don't know what direction you're going in, uh, but I think I think I got to go with National Lampoon Christmas Vacation. Ah. That's to me that's it's just so goddamn funny. Like it's <laughs> I mean everything about it now is is it, the whole movie's quotable. The whole thing is like memes now. Like everything about it is just so good. And it's it's a National Lampoon movie that's not like kind of like obviously kind of dirty in a ways like it's cheeky 
yeah, 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 yeah. Like that's you know that's the way I look at it, and it's just I freaking love it. Like that's that to me. Like when I'm home and like that movie's on, I'm like, all right, it's Christmas. It's Christmas time now. Let's go. I I had that number two on my big board, just so you know. Okay. So if you took the other one, I was definitely taking that with my first pick. So okay. I had two, and I had two on. I I tiered it. I had two that I wanted as my first overall pick, and that was one of them. I'll say this to one real quick. Chevy Chase during that time was my favorite comedian out there. His physical comedy, he was like, he was like Ben, you know, like Ben Stiller movies, like bad shit always happens around him. And a lot of the Mm -hmm. Ben Stiller comedies, that was Chevy Chase. But 20 years before that, man, I I fucking love Chevy Chase. So that's a great pick. I'm going with a movie that I did not watch this month because I've seen it a million times before. Scrooged with Bill Murray. I love that movie. Frank and clear, man, a true love story, but seriously, it has it all, man. It, it, it's hilarious. I, I think it's laugh out loud, funny at times. And then it mm-hmm. ties in the old, you know, ghosts of Christmas past, present and future. I think it does it wonderfully, man. That was my number one movie. Like if I had the first pick, I was going to take that. So if I lose this poll, I can't say that I didn't get the guy that I wanted or the pick okay. that I wanted. So I'm going <laughs> Scrooged. And then when my next pick, this is going to be from the, the movies that I've watched for the first time this month. It, in fact, it's number one. I'm like my power rankings among these right now. That's the first, because there's been three of them. Santa, the mm-hmm. Santa Claus, the first one. And I'm going to tell okay. you right now, it's with Tim Allen. I typically fucking hate Tim Allen. I think he is a horribly <laughs> overrated, not funny TV actor. Never liked him at all. He's right up there with like Sarah Jessica Parker as my least mm-hmm. favorite actors in, in all of Hollywood. I don't like Tim Allen, but this movie was fucking awesome, dude. I love this movie. <laughs> it checks every single box. I like, all right, now people might have differing opinions here. I like, if my biggest rule of thumb when it comes to Christmas movies is when it's over, I want to feel good. All right, mm-hmm. I don't want to watch a horror movie. I don't want to cry. I don't want no, no tears of sadness. <laughs> I want to feel happy. To me, Christmas <laughs> is about being happy. It's about mm-hmm. miracles. It's about believing. And I want to feel good at the end of the movie. I want to laugh. I want it to be charming. It doesn't have to be realistic. And a Christmas movie for me has to heavily be about Christmas. This movie checks every single box. I loved it. Good family Christmas movie. So I feel comfortable doing that one. So the Santa Claus one with Scrooge. That gives you two. Well, thank you for giving me the next two on my list. So that's that's very <laughs> kind of you. Um, You're welcome. It's not Christmas without either of these two movies. Oh, it's you, you, you know, you're in trouble now. Um, it's a wonderful life. Good one. I, Jimmy Stewart. Uh, it's, maybe. it's friggin' classic. And I hate it so much that NBC bought the rights to it. And they just play it once a year because growing up and I'm sure this was the same thing for you. It was on constantly. All the like, time. It was on TV all the time. All the time. And it like, again, it's just like, and I don't know if that's just like a, I don't know if that's like a particular memory thing for like people like you and me and maybe like next generation after me, but like kids now, kids now don't like you get this, like it played once a year and your grandparents are probably like, hey, oh, we're going to sit down and watch this. And kids are just like, well, I don't want to watch it. I'm like, okay, fine. Like, I get it. But like, damn, man, that movie was on all the time. Great movie. Classic, and classic. It's, it's, a, it's classic. It's a great movie. Everything about it is, is wonderful. And again, it fits your qualifications of it makes you feel good at the end. Yeah. Like there's, there's no way you don't have like, you don't feel like you got to have a tear down your cheek when you, when you watch that. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and the other one is a movie that's played for 24 hours straight on TBS. It's, <laughs> <laughs> I it is it's a Christmas story. I, I remember being a kid and we had this movie recorded. I forget how we got it. We had it recorded. We had it recorded on Betamax. We, we were, we were one of those families that had a Betamax back in the day. Um, and we had it recorded and my, my sister and I must've watched that movie. Didn't matter if it was Christmas time. Didn't matter anytime. We watched that movie all the time. And like, my sister and I, my mom, we, like we just laugh about this movie constantly, and it it's it hits a it hits a spot for like my mom and dad because like they were kids around that time, you know, around ish that time, so like they they look at it and they're like, oh geez, yeah, it's it was kind of like that back in the day, and it's uh it's it's I mean it's funny, it's it's stinking hilarious, like everything about it is just it's just so ridiculous, and I love it, like it's just it's. Again, it's a movie that like we're opening packages, we're opening gifts on Christmas morning, and like we got that played in the background. Doesn't matter if it's if it's already been on for four hours, it's fine. Like it's <laughs> it's it's perfect background noise on top of being a really good movie. I agree a hundred percent. I think some people are gonna complain about it being overplayed and overrated, but yet those people are gonna be the same people that are actually watching it at some point on TBS and mm-hmm. at some point during Christmas. It's a classic. It was it was ranked very high on my list as well. That might have been one of my mid-round picks. All right, so I got two here. And these are going to be two movies that, again, they're, they're not new movies, but they're movies that I've seen for the first time over this past month. One of them, it, it dates back to 1996. And I got to give Bree, 88, Brian from Bill's Mafia, one of the founders, mm-hmm. a shout out for this because he told me to watch this. The Preacher's Wife. I don't know if you've ever even seen this or not because, again, I never no. even seen this until this past month. So it stars... Denzel Washington and Whitney Houston. Whitney is my queen, man. She's my favorite female singer of all time. And Denzel's arguably one of the greatest actors, not just of this era, of any era ever. But I never Mm -hmm. really wanted to watch it because, quite frankly, I'm not into church movies, you know? But this one was about a lot more than church. It was a lot lot more than church. It was a great Christmas love story. And again, I'm not really going to go into all the details because maybe some people... Hadn't even watched it, but it was a really feel-good, mm-hmm. emotional movie. I feel good about that. And then the other one I want to pick, it's from 2007. It's Fred Claus with uh, Vince Vaughn and, and Paul Giamatti. And I didn't never associate Vince Vaughn with being in Christmas movies before, but it turns out he's in two really good ones that mm-hmm. I've seen for the first time. Fred Claus, or uh, Vince Vaughn plays Santa's brother, who's a fuck-up, gets in a lot of <laughs> trouble. But ultimately, Santa Claus gets sick, and it's up to... It's up to Fred to be able to save Christmas. And it, and he does. Here's a spoiler alert. He does. Again, it's Christmas, and I want to feel fucking good at the end of the movie. Really like that a lot. So Preacher's nice. Wife and Fred Claus. You got two more. Your last two. My last two. Uh, these next two, you're, you might laugh. Um, you might think I'm crazy. Uh, but my next pick is Muppet Christmas Carol. <laughs> okay. It's... There are like a thousand different tellings of Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. Like sure. There's a thousand iterations of it. There are, and a lot of them are extremely good. Mm-hmm. Like the Albert Finney version of it is extremely good, but it's ancient. Like it's an ancient movie. Muppet Christmas Carol has A, the Muppets, and then also Michael Caine in it. So, you know, to me, it's you get your Christmas Carol tale being told, but also you get it in a more fun way. Like sure. it's more, more puts a smile on your face and there's goofy Muppet, Muppet stuff going on. Like it's, it's 
great. It's it's a great way to watch uh, that that story being told because everybody knows the Tiny Tim story. You know, you know the whole thing with Scrooge and all that stuff. Like that's that's you know that that's as much Christmas as anything else, and that's pretty remarkable for for a piece of literature to last that long to to be able to to, to come off that way. But um, but yeah, I love it. It's it's so good. Mm-hmm. It's 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 such a great way to do it. That is, a good and the one. other one. <sighs> See, you've left a lot for me here. <laughs> you've left a lot of stuff on the board for me here. Um, and now I'm just kind of like, what am I gonna do? I um, no pressure, but this could make or break you right here. I'm, you know what? I am not worried in any way whatsoever. <laughs> to me, this is a bonus pick. This is a gravy pick for me. But, um, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna pay homage to my to my childhood, and again, it's gonna be uh, a Muppet pick. Um, it's gonna be Emmett Otter Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas, which was which was on HBO. It was again a, a just a silly sort of tale where it's if you have i mean if you haven't seen it then like that's a bummer i like, have it it's, i'm gonna it's, i know what i'll be watching sometime between t- today and uh friday though i've never seen it it's yeah it's 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 great it's honestly great and it was like a fixture on hbo back in the day i'm sure it i i would be surprised if it's not on, on hbo plus right now but uh or hbo max sorry um but I love that. I love that. That was another one growing up where I just could not get enough of it. And it's got like a, it's got like a battle of the bands part of it, you know, part to it too. And again, it's, it's all, it's all Muppets and puppets and whatever, but like, it's, it's great. The story is wonderful and it's hard to hate. It's, it's extremely hard to hate. I, I just adore it. All right. Fair enough. Gives me something to watch. I don't, I can't comment on it because I've never seen it. All right. So okay. th- this is my last one. I like this movie. Uh, Love Actually. It's from 2003. And this I think this is going to be the one pick that I have that's going to have a, a mixed reaction. I like, look, it's a great cast. There's a ton of like intertwining stories. Little eh for a while, but it really comes together and pays off nicely at the end. I, again, my stance has always been, there's two type of Christmas movies for me that I like. Mm-hmm. Movies that are authentic Christmas movies that are almost entirely about Christmas. And then... There's movies that are technically Christmas movies like Die Hard. I'm glad, so glad you didn't take, I didn't want to have that conversation, no. but like no, Die I Hard. I didn't want to get into it. Die Hard is <laughs> a Christmas movie technically, but to me it's not a Christmas movie. I'm sorry, but it's not. Or a movie like, uh, I don't know if you've seen it, but Just Friends with Ryan Reynolds. Really funny, cute movie. But Christmas is kind of like the backdrop. It's not really about Christmas. Mm-hmm. I don't like Christmas to be the secondary plot, you know, or a prop to the movie. Mm-hmm. And Love Actually, in a way, sort of falls into that. But I, I just, I love this movie. A great cast, a lot of stories. I was invested in all of them. Rooting, I was really happy at the end. It's a, it, it's a really good movie. I feel good picking it fifth. I wouldn't have picked it any higher. So we'll see what happens with that. I, I You know what, Joe? Sometimes the Jets beat the Titans. And I think that's going to happen <laughs> today, man. You've been racking up all these W's. I'm looking at it. I'm feeling pretty confident. I'm going to get the W here. Let me, let me recap. And then we'll have a couple, we'll have a final thought or two after 
All right, so Joe drafted uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. It's a Wonderful Life, The Christmas Story, Muppet Christmas Carol, and Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. I took Scrooged, The Santa Claus One, The Preacher's Wife, Fred Claus, and Love Actually. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm not going to be overconfident here, but... I don't think you should be confident in any way, <laughs> but that's, that's just me. But like, I, I mean, maybe, hey, listen... Maybe everybody has a different take on Christmas movies than I do. And I'm, I'm the one stuck in the mud. Like maybe that's me, but I'm liking my chances. You really liking my chances. I'll, I'll never dismiss your likability and people not liking me. So, I mean, I'll never completely, (laughs) I'll never completely throw that out. I mean, let's not front and say that doesn't matter. Look, I'd be remiss though, real quick. If I didn't run down a couple of, uh, worthy, Honorable mentions only because I spent so many goddamn hours over this last month watching them. And I'm not going to really describe them, but I'm just going to throw out a bunch of them. A couple older ones that I had seen before. Like I, I like bad Santa a lot. I would have been okay picking that one as well. I thought that was a mm-hmm. hilariously uh, funny movie. Raunchy. <laughs> Very raunchy. But um, I just actually watched a movie yesterday on Netflix called Love Hard. I didn't pick it because there's too many people who I guarantee it, it literally just came out this year. Nobody's probably seen it yet, so I couldn't pick that. I've the, never even heard of it. The, so. <laughs> I regret. You know what? I, I asked you this a couple of weeks ago. Can I get Love Actually back? No, because I fucked up. Nope. I wanted to. I should have taken the ref with Dennis Leary. I don't know if you've seen that. No, I, that that was going to be one of my other mentions. I love that. I love that movie, man. I should have picked it. Uh, the ref, Four Christmases with Vince Vaughn. I really liked that a lot. There's a new one on Netflix called The Night Before Christmas. Um, Christmas Inheritance is a movie I just watched last night on Netflix. It's a couple years old. That was good. Deck the Halls. Jingle All the Way. Uh, Jingle I'll, All the Way. Yeah. That's probably all for the honorable matches. The other ones were just mad to me. A lot of Christmas movies out there, though. I never really got yeah. into it until uh, till now, though. Yeah, I, I'm... Yeah, I'm a I'm like an old fuddy duddy. This is like the the thing where I'm the most like 95 year old person about is Christmas movies, where it's just like the classics. The classics never die for me, and yeah. I mean it. Like, um, like my dad, my dad will watch the uh, Chris, the Christmas Carol, where it's it goes back even further than the Albert Finney one, and I forget who it is, but it was made in like the 30s. I want to say 30s yeah. or 40s, maybe. Like that was you know my dad was born in 47, so like he was a kid when that was around, but. Um, so like I get that, but like that you know, there's that one, like Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street's another one. Like we didn't even mention that. I forgot like, about that. Shit. White White Christmas. Yeah. You know, I, I mean I don't I don't get into White Christmas. Like as much for the music as we said that Bing Crosby is is Christmas, I can't stand that movie. Like that movie's just kind of <laughs> like, all right. To me, that's like Lor- the Lawrence Welk show. You'd see it on like pop up on PBS and you're like, the hell's this shit with the bubbles? Like that to me is is what White Christmas is. I I I don't get it. I don't get it at all. Um. Yeah, like that. Yeah, like the. But like any, any, like like I said, like almost any version of a of a Christmas Carol, like is is money. Like yeah. that. That's that's a money story for me. And I'm I'm annoyed you got Scrooge. I'm annoyed you picked Scrooge first because that would have been like I had that kind of pegged to be towards the end. I should have known that that would have been high on your list though. Yeah. Well, we'll see how it plays out. This was fun. We'll get out of here. By the way, I, I didn't even tell you this. Hopefully nothing obviously happens crazy because again, we are taping this one day earlier. So hope nothing Wednesday night or Thursday happens that we're like spending time talking about some shit that, you know, we should have been talking about or shit that became irrelevant. 
by the time it drops Friday. By the way, the reason why I, I am taping this a day early, I'm actually going to be in Florida. I'm going to Florida Thursday night. So when this drops Friday and people are hopefully listening, I'll uh, get in a couple days of sunshine and a little r and I got a little business that I got to handle with my boss down in Florida, but I'm going to see some friends. So uh, it's going to be cool, man. You know, it was my home for five years and I did meet some cool people. So I'm looking forward to uh, seeing them. But anyway, make sure you follow Joe on Twitter at Joe Yurden. Noted Hockey Substack, the new podcast with him and Lance. Someday it'll have a name. You know what? Tweet at Joe, tweet at Lance, and uh, give them some suggestions. But always fun, dude, man. I'm glad, glad you're feeling good and glad to have you back on Casual Friday. Yeah, it's it was it was fun to be back. And it's nice, nice to be in the, the, the right proper holiday mindset as well. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.